Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Tuesday, February 20th. Happy Hootie Hoo Day. Specifically, it's Northern Hemisphere Hootie Hoo Day. Australians celebrate in August. And this is another one from our old buddies Thomas and Ruth Roy of Wellcat Holidays, which I still can't believe is a job, and which was concocted to help chase away winter and usher in spring, which it don't. And the target of this foolishness is probably them same folks in the groundhog cult who refuse to believe that in the Northern Hemisphere, spring always begins on March 20th, give or take a day, when the sun crosses the equator from south to north, cause the earth is tilted at 23 and a half degrees, you see, which is why we have seasons in the first place. Hootie Hoo Day is celebrated by going outside at noon and yelling Hootie Hoo to run off winter and make way for spring, which again, it don't, but which I'm totally on board with y'all doing and sending me the video. What I think is way more interesting is that the Earth might not have always been tilted. See, prior to 701 BC, about the time of Hezekiah and Isaiah, everybody's calendars had 360-day years on them. After that, they all changed to 365, but nobody knows why. Some people think the long day of Joshua had something to do with it, because to make a long day, you wouldn't have to stop the Earth's rotation, just tilt it a little bit. Other people think the 360-day orbit had us on a resonant orbit with Mars, till eventually we got too close or something and gravity knocked us all cattywampus and jacked up the calendars. And maybe that's why Mars was worshipped as the god of war. And if any of y'all feel like digging for that buried treasure, write me a report and I'll read it on a special episode of the podcast, probably on February 29th, cause it's leap year this year, which is a whole nother crazy calendar mess, but right now we got things to do. Our reading for today is Leviticus 9, 7 through 10, 20, Mark 4, 26 through 5, 20, Psalm 37, 30 through 40, and Proverbs 10, 6 and 7. So if y'all are ready, you know, back in 92, Larry the Cable Guy ran for president. His campaign slogan was Hootie Hoo in 92. Bill Clinton beat him though, which is really too bad, because y'all will never know how much I want Larry the Cable Guy to be the president. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 19th in the Old Testament, we read Leviticus 7.28 through 9.6. And what stood out to me about this first section was that he that offereth the sacrifice of his peace offerings unto the Lord, his own hands shall bring the offerings. You have to come yourself, or it don't count. You can't send a servant. And verse 34 said, for the wave breast and the heave shoulder have I taken of the children of Israel from off the sacrifices of their peace offerings, and have given them unto Aaron the priest and unto his sons by statute forever from among the children of Israel. The waves and the heaves are for the priests and their families to eat, and that's what supported them. And the rest of this chapter wraps up the law of the burn offering, of the meat offering, and of the sin offering, and of the trespass offering, and of the consecrations, and of the sacrifice of the peace offerings. And then in chapter 8, the Lord spake unto Moses and said, All that stuff I've been telling y'all to do, specifically about sanctifying the priests, y'all go do it. And just to make sure y'all get it right, let me repeat it all step by step one more time. And then the second half of this chapter is a step by step review of everything they did. And my theory on why God keeps repeating everything is number one, you got to tell people over and over if you want to get anything done. And B, because it's very important to God that they do this, 
and that they get it right throughout all the generations. So he reiterates it. And the last part of this chapter is the seven-day consecration ritual. They had to stay at the door of the tabernacle for a week and not go out to be considered holy. And my understanding of what was meant by stay at the door was to stay anywhere in the courtyard. They didn't have to just camp out right there by the door for a whole week. They were free to move around. And then in chapter 9, on the eighth day, they start the sin offerings. But we only read as far as verse 6, which promises if they do it right, the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. So let's watch for that. A good friend once told me the way to teach someone something is to tell them how to do it, let them watch you do it, have them tell you how to do it, and finally you watch them do it. And this repetition is the key when it comes to learning important things. The foolish and the unimportant will devour our time and make us none the wiser. And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 3.31 through 4.25. And remember yesterday when we talked about his friends worrying about his mental health and trying to take him home? Well, that's still going on. Somebody comes to him and says, your mother and your brothers are here and they want to talk to you outside. But Jesus answered them saying, who is my mother or my brethren? Y'all, that's who. This is my real family, which is true. It's a lot more true than you realize. Because like the squaw is my sister in Christ, which makes her more closely related to me than my own bio family. And in chapter four, a little time must have passed like that afternoon or the next day, maybe because he goes back down to the beach and gets in a boat and starts teaching the multitude through parables, which is really a genius thing to do. Because think about it. You know how I'm always saying that God wants faith? Faith is very important to God because it's by his grace through our faith that we receive salvation. And that's why he doesn't want to prove himself to you. Because if he were to come down and split the sky open and say, I'm God and you're not, and prove to everybody that he exists, well, then nobody could ever have faith. And no faith, no salvation. So what do parables accomplish? Well, if a person with no real faith hears a parable, it just sounds like foolishness, which is what the Bible sounds like to everybody who doesn't believe in it. And who cares about it anyway? But if a person with faith hears a parable, the Holy Spirit helps them to understand it. Or if a person with a little faith hears it and doesn't understand, but knows there's something there they ain't getting, maybe they investigate and study some and their faith gets stronger. So parables are pretty slick. Anyway, he tells the parable of the sower, which he also explains later. And I'm tempted to read the whole thing again, but I'm not gonna. There's a lot that you can take away from it. But what he's describing is all the reasons you can have not to take the word of God seriously. Like you might let Satan take it away from you. Or you might not want to put up with the persecution so you ignore it. Or it might be offensive to you. Or you're just too busy. But it's important. And if you let it germinate, it'll bear fruit. Yes. And verse 21 sounds like he's changing the subject, but he's not. In the context of his parables, when he says, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? and not to be set on a candlestick, what he's saying is, my preaching by parables is not designed to obscure the truth, but to throw light on it. You should understand these parables, and understanding them should impart the truth to others also, as a candle throws its beams upon a dark world, which is what the Barnes commentary said. Then he says, for he that hath, to him shall be given, and he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath, which, if you're a socialist, probably sounds really unfair. But it's not. It's a fundamental principle of the universe. And God don't care what we think anyway. Because check it out. 
The biggest and strongest animals always get all the females. The biggest stars and planets with the most gravity draw more matter to them. And the smartest people tend to be the most successful. The more you've got, the more you can do. But that's where we stopped reading. The gospel according to Mark is simply power-packed. We must want to know God, want to have hope in His love, and believe sincerely so much that we genuinely have confidence in His word. We walk it. We talk it. No need to call ourselves Christian because the Lord and His power shines through. These works shall follow them that believe, not them that memorize the Bible, but that can be part of the process, not those that give everything to the poor. The works follow believers. Peter's shadow transformed lives. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 37, 12 through 29. And that section starts out, The wicked plotteth against the just, but the Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. It's like Johnny Cash says, you can run on for a long time, but sooner or later, God will cut you down. Johnny Cash was scary. (laughs) And in verse 16, it says, A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. True story. I heard this other podcaster say when somebody was talking about his small audience, he says, it doesn't matter, I've got a good audience. I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. And I thought that was pretty cool. But the psalm says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. And the implication being that a good man can fall, can make mistakes and sin, and still be a good man. I suppose it's all in how you respond to that fall. And he says, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Religious people maybe, that's different, but not the righteous. Mm-hmm. Verses 12 and 13. The Lord laughs at the wicked. And I have a little story to tell. Paul and I went to the movies many years ago, and as we were leaving the theater, I saw this little, defiant, tiny, well-dressed boy, a toddler. His little face all distorted with defiance, tiny arms crossed, resolute and unmovable. I laughed, out loud even and realized and began to understand how God laughs at our defiance, our disobedience. It is laughable. All his parents had to do was snatch him up, take him back to the car, no movie tonight. But they were giving him a chance to choose. And God probably thinks we're just as cute as that kid. Yeah. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 10.5, which says, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Because he's so lazy, he'd rather let the village starve than get up and go gather the harvest. Yeah, and what I get is, pay attention and don't miss an opportunity to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, essentially take dominion over our God-given turf. I think this is a warning to not be lured to sleep and miss our harvest. The word simply says the sleeper isn't wise but seems to be foolishly spending the best of his time and strength elsewhere. He's tired. Jesus told us to pray for more laborers as the harvest is great, and we can't afford to be lured to sleep by distraction, by making foolish decisions regarding our time here and now. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 20th is Leviticus 9-7-10-20. 
And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar, and offer thy sin offering, and thy burnt offering, and make an atonement for thyself, and for the people, and offer the offering of the people, and make an atonement for them, as the Lord commanded. Aaron therefore went unto the altar, and slew the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood unto him, and he dipped his finger in the blood, and put it upon the horns of the altar, and poured out the blood at the bottom of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the call above the liver of the sin offering he burnt upon the altar, as the Lord commanded Moses. And the flesh and the hide he burnt with fire, without the camp. And he slew the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled round about upon the altar. And they presented the burnt offering unto him, with the pieces thereof and the head. And he burnt them upon the altar. And he did wash the inwards and the legs, and burnt them upon the burnt offering on the altar. And he brought the people's offering, and took the goat which was the sin offering for the people, and slew it, and offered it for sin as the first. And he brought the burnt offering, and offered it according to the manner. And he brought the meat offering, and took an handful thereof, and burnt it upon the altar, beside the burnt sacrifice of the morning. He slew also the bullock and the ram for a sacrifice of peace offerings, which was for the people. And Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood which he sprinkled upon the altar round about, and the fat of the bullock and of the ram, the rump, and that which covereth the inwards, and the kidneys, and the call above the liver. And they put the fat upon the breast, and he burnt the fat upon the altar. And the breast and the right shoulder Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses commanded. And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people, and blessed them, and came down from offering of the sin offering, and the burnt offering, and peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation, and came out, and blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord, and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. Chapter 10 And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near, and carried them in their coats out of the camp as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron, and unto Eleazar, and unto Ithamar his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. And ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. And that ye may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. And that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. And Moses spake unto Aaron, and unto Eleazar, and unto Ithamar, his sons that were left, Take the meat offering that remaineth of the offerings of the Lord made by fire, and eat it without leaven beside the altar, for it is most holy. And ye shall eat it in the holy place, because it is thy due and thy son's due, of the sacrifices of the Lord made by fire, for so I am commanded. 
and the wave breast and heave shoulder shall ye eat in a clean place, thou and thy sons, and thy daughters with thee, for they be thy due, and thy sons' due, which are given out of the sacrifices of peace offerings of the children of Israel. The heave shoulder and the wave breast shall they bring with the offerings made by fire of the fat to wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be thine and thy sons with thee, by a statute forever, as the Lord hath commanded. And Moses diligently sought the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it was burnt. And he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron which were left alive, saying, Wherefore have ye not eaten the sin offering in the holy place? Seeing it is most holy, and God hath given it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation, to make atonement for them before the Lord. Behold, the blood of it was not brought in within the holy place. Ye should indeed have eaten it in the holy place, as I commanded. And Aaron said unto Moses, Behold, this day have they offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. And if I had eaten the sin offering today, should it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord? And when Moses heard that, he was content. And our reading in the New Testament for February 20th is Mark 4.26-5.20. through 5.20. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up, and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Chapter 5 And they came over unto the other side of the sea, unto the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send him away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, 
and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled, and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus, and see him that was possessed with the devil, and had the legion, sitting and clothed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. And our reading in Psalms for February 20th is Psalm 37, 30-40. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous, and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord, and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. And our reading in Proverbs for February 20th is Proverbs 10, 6 and 7. Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the just is blessed but the name of the wicked shall rot. And that's got it for February 20th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Philippians 4.19, which says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on being careful for nothing, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, there is so much in the world, particularly nowadays, that threatens our safety and freedom. Worries surround us with another one around every corner. But your word cautions us to be careful for nothing, because worry about the cares of this world is the opposite of faith in the God of heaven. We know we have no reason to fear, Father, because you are in control, you love your children, and you will never lead us into danger only to abandon us there. We rebuke the spirit of unbelief and ask that you strengthen our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yalling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody that's listening and let this podcast be some kind of help to them. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, what I really need is for y'all to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all.
Bible, y'all. I don't like any of that. Read it again. <laughs>